0: Hello. Hello. How are you? Good afternoon, Dan. I'm doing very well. How are you? Pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Good. Just cutting some sand over here.
1: Yeah. You got to tell me about this. This is <laughs> this is all new to me. <laughs> it's I, new, I, new I, to me too. I I um I've never been an Instagram user, and I I realize I'm missing out on lots of things.
0: Yeah, Instagram is a lot of uh, a lot of fun. There are some really really fun things on Instagram, and so this is one of them. Yeah, tell me tell me
1: about I cut sand.
0: I cut sand. There is an Instagram user who one of them is I cut sand. There's another one who's sand dot is festive. Um, and basically what they do is they make a and the videos seem pretty well done, and they are close micing, and it's just a video of this. There's this kind of sand that. I think it's called kinetic sand. Have you seen this stuff? And like no. for kids. It's
1: Oh, is it like the is it like what do they call it? Like moon? Yeah. Is it sort of like
0: moon yeah.
1: sand? Yeah, and it's it's sort of It's really it's super fine and when you make it into a mold, it doesn't look like sand.
0: Right. It, it looks and, and it's it's it seems like it so would be sticky. So that's what that is. Yeah. yeah. it seems like it would be sticky but it's not sticky. And if you put your hands in it and take your hands out, like it doesn't stick to your hands or anything. It's Mm -hmm. very cool. Well, people are apparently making molds of this in like in a bread pan or in a flower pot or Mm -hmm. whatever Tupperware container. And then they, they put it down and then they've got it close mic'd and they take a long knife and they just sort of slowly or sometimes quickly cut through and it, it makes this very satisfying sound and a, a appearance. And it is just, um, yeah, it's, it's just.
1: Well, it's so, yeah, I mean, just, just for people who haven't looked at this, it's, it seems like I'm just looking at the homepage for I cut sand. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so they form it into some kind of a shape. Usually like, at first I thought it was like one of those Google listen in your house devices when you sent the link. (laughs) But it could be something like a bowl. It could be a cylinder. Yeah, uh, It could be like a bullet shape. And so it starts with the camera just on this thing on a white background. Right. And it looks like this. It kind of looks like a, not a sponge exactly, but it's very fine. Right. And there's something weirdly satisfying about a knife cutting it into uh,
0: slices. It's bizarrely satisfying. And uh, a friend of mine sent this to me. With all, it's almost yeah. no, almost no explanation. Really, just
1: that, that's how I got it from you. Yeah,
0: you need, you need to see this. Yeah, and you know, usually when someone sends me something that says you need to see this, my response is to not and intentionally not look at it. But because I trust this person, I I thought, all right, I'll, I'll okay, let's see what this is all, all about. And immediately, I was into it. Now it seems, I. I this is going to be, I feel like I shouldn't say this, hmm. but it seems very Japanese to me.
1: Oh, yeah. No, no, it's, um, y- well, it seems Japanese in terms of, how do you put this? It seems like something Japanese people would like.
0: Yes. I mean, it doesn't, it isn't like, It <clears> an <of clears throat> it it anime doesn't, or something. Right, right.
1: But, it seems yeah, like it would
0: appeal to, to people in Japan.
1: And it seems uh, kind of related to like the ASMR people. But there's, you know, there are some people who just, you know, somewhere, somewhere between a pastime and a fetish, they just like want to watch somebody do a thing. Yeah. Some people like, apparently there's zit popping videos, uh-huh. John Roderick says, uh-huh. uh, you can just watch ladies put on lipstick or in this case you can watch people, uh, slice sand.
0: Well, I have it, I have it here. I'm going to try and play it and we'll see if mm-hmm. I can play it for the audience so they can, All right. they can hear this and see if this works. Mm. Yeah.
1: And it, it doesn't crumble. It actually makes like a little it looks slice like kind of fold. Slicing over. a
0: loaf of bread, really. Or
1: slicing like a roast
0: beef. Because it kind of folds over. Yes. So it's both f- visually satisfying in some way and also mm-hmm. uh and, and this one account that I'm looking at now doesn't just cut it, they also they'll stamp it with things, they 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 do other things. And it's not all slow like that like here's another one i think it's faster hmm why
1: do you think Something that's so appealing
0: i don't know i don't hmm. know but it it is
1: yeah no i mean i instantly thought what is happening and and why is this interesting i mean it's not super interesting no. it's not the godfather <laughs> But, but it, but it is it is uh, like strangely riveting. I don't know if I would return to it every day, but I can definitely uh, I can see the appeal.
0: Like once it's in a sort while. Of like, I
1: mean, you know what it reminds me of just just a little bit. Um, this is this is a stretch, but watching something like this old house, or mm-hmm. watching Bob Ross paint. He, he's on Netflix now. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, he's got his little squirrel. You can. Um, <laughs> But like, there's something very satisfying about watching Norm make a joint. Oh. Like, and you <laughs> right. go like, oh, that that's totally gonna fit, and then it totally fits, and you're like, ah, oh. it's. There's something really, like weirdly satisfying about, you know, watching, and you know, maybe maybe it's kind of similar to like the whole like knolling phenomenon. It's like it's fun to watch people interact with an object, in uh, in kind of an unusual way. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I don't know. It's satisfying. I can't explain it. I can't explain it. I bet there's tons more things like this that I just don't know about
0: I, yeah, I mean how much of this is going on out there in the world right now that we have n- absolutely no clue about it? Yeah,
1: I feel like I'm always seeing like just the tip of the iceberg, like if you go in and you try to like this is something I've only really picked up in the last year or so, which is you know because the thing is I'm still more of a reader than a watcher when it comes to learning things, like I'd rather have a good not not wiki how, but like if I want to figure out how to do something, I'd like to have a list or something that somebody's put together with bullets but like there's so many like short videos for how to do like everything and then there'll be like six videos from you know different places and i guess that's very competitive but you know i think there's a pretty long tail to that kind of stuff but there's something that when that's done well it's it's really satisfying and it isn't until you start looking around and go like okay how do i use this gadget and then you discover there's like hundreds of videos about yeah.
0: how to use that gadget and and everything has been unboxed and if you want to yeah. see it, you can see it. I'm not into unboxing at all.
1: I don't, I have to admit, I don't, but you know what? It has a similar vibe, which is like the person very neatly cuts the plastic. And they, they, it's not like, not like me, like, you know, tearing into it. Like it's Christmas day. I mean, just tear everything yeah. apart. People, but doing it in a very organized fashion scene so must be very satisfying. And then you open it up and everything's in its right place. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, like, I used to get really into the Apple unboxing stuff because their packaging was so neat. But, you know, like they, like there's the idea of the unboxing where someone is just you're getting to see the unboxing experience and then see them sort of hold the thing, whatever it is, and show it off a little bit. Those kind of when they start merging with like a review as well. I don't know. I don't think I like that as much. It feels
1: like, uh, it seems like they feel like they have to do both though. I think there was a time though, you know, maybe in the three or four era of iPhones where, you know, and it was something in high demand and not everybody had it where it would be, it would be interesting to go and see how it's packaged and what comes with it and how it's all put together. And, you know, that's, again, that's another one of those I imagine we'll talk a little bit about Apple this week, but um, you know, that's one of the peculiar joys of Apple stuff was that it, you know, I'm not going to say they invented this particular style Mm -hmm. of packaging, but packaging used to be so different for electronics. It, It was just this like box that was way bigger than it needed to be. It had all this, it just seemed kind of haphazard. A big pile of manuals in multiple languages, and it wasn't really clear what you were supposed to do. And I feel like Apple, at least in my exposure to technology, Apple was way up in front of saying, like, when you open this up, you're going to feel like Indiana Jones. Like You're going to open this thing and you're going to go, oh my gosh, that's the Carpenter's Cup or whatever. Like right. this thing is amazing and it's going to say, do this first or open me first and stuff like that. And, you know, I, again, I sound like an old man, but, it, you know, 15, 20 years ago, it didn't used to be that way. you would buy some kind of D- D-Link dingus that was, you know, stuffed into some cardboard, you know, with a, uh, you know, <laughs> might have a manual full of typos or something like that and a CD you know, and, you know, it just, it seems so clever. You open it up and you go like, ah, oh, this is, this is gorgeous.
0: Yeah, I know you're making a really good point. And I had like, one of the things I've been doing after I just going through this purge of everything, as like I mentioned, selling stuff on, on eBay and I have been really good about keeping packaging when I get something that I think either I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not sure if I want it, I might return it in a few days or right. This is something that might have resale value down the road. So a really good example, I had a, a handful of these um, Canon, like three of these Canon Vixia uh, GF30 cameras that were not very expensive cameras, but um, you know they were they were hundreds of dollars. And I thought, okay, you know I'll save the packaging for them so that if and when I want to sell them, because they generally keep most of their value, and you can resell them later. And they they have. I think I sold them four years later for. Just shy of a hundred bucks, what I originally paid for them. So it's like I rented them for a hundred bucks for four years.
1: How do you decide how long to keep something like that?
0: Well, yeah, you know, that's a good question. I, I, I it, 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 shows the, the kind of hoardingness that I and I, many people I know I think are subject to. In that, I had used them for a project for a, a, a year or two, and I just hadn't used them at all for at least a year or so, <laughs> and they've just been. I put them back into their original boxes, and they've just been sitting mm-hmm. in their original boxes. And finally, I said, "Yeah, I guess I could I could sell these." But there is, if you have something in its original packaging, even if the packaging is as as terrible as the Canon Vixia GF30 packaging is, mm-hmm. and it's like you're talking about, it's just like a cardboard box with lots of little plastic bags, and everything fits into kind of like an awkwardly folded, flipped out, po- popped out piece of cardboard. Um it, people will pay a lot more if you have that original packaging somehow because I think they're getting a little taste of the unboxing themselves it f- it feels more new even if you've used the product the item for years if you have that product uh, if you have that packaging oh it's in the original oh it's original packaging well it also suggests that you took good care of it
1: it suggests that you thought ahead yeah and it gives you some credibility as the seller because you've got all the stuff, it seems like you're not just haphazardly throwing in a ziploc bag and
0: putting it in the mail. right, yeah, so that that I think helped me because I had original packaging for everything, wow. everything I sold, because I'm so- I can't believe you say that. I don't see you being somebody who saves those boxes.: No, I have a whole um, a whole entire you know those, those plastic like uh, shelving that you get for your garage. Mm-hmm. I had like one or two of those just for boxes. Wow. Which Which is dumb. I mean, it's really dumb, but it worked out for me, I guess, this one time. My wife kept saying, why are you saving all these boxes for? I'm like, I'm going to, I'll sell it on eBay. I'll sell it on eBay. And and finally I did. But I, I don't know because I feel like, you know, you go through these stages when you buy something new. At first you're like, well, I, do I like it or not? Do, should I keep it or not? There's a 30 day return policy. At least, at least I'll save the box for a couple of days. And then you get past that and you're like, okay, what do I do? Do I, do I, you know, rip up the box and put it into the, the recycling or do I just put it, tuck it away right here on the shelf? Yeah. So like I have all the boxes for every, every Mac that I currently own there, I have the box for it, every iPad, every iPhone, all of that stuff. Wow. Yeah. Not, not that I've ever owned, just that I currently own.
1: It's, it's, you know, here's, here's one thing that's a, that's a little bit of a takeaway, I guess, is that, um, you know, it's, it's easy to scoff at new stuff that comes along. It's normal to scoff at new stuff that comes along because it seems foreign, it seems weird, maybe it seems dangerous. But, you know, the truth is that, like, you know, there's the, the old jokes about how, you know, computers wouldn't have caught on if it weren't for games and possibly porn. Like, there's these certain things that, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. there's certain things like BBSs um, <laughs> had a certain appeal, yeah. you know? Yep. Um, but, I mean, there's always something new to learn about out there. And just because it doesn't seem like it's for you at first... You know, it uh, doesn't mean it's something you should ignore.
0: When you started saying that, it made me think of the, uh, it's easy to grin when your ship comes in <laughs> and you've got the side. That was just like immediately like when you said that, it just, I don't know why it made me think of His that.
1: His delivery of that is so perfect. Oh,
0: so good. Spalding, get your foot off the boat. Spalding.
1: <laughs> I had one, uh, I had one weird thing in here. Not weird, but this was... Do you ever get this thing with your kids where they 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 start talking to you and they start talking about something and you understand a, enough about it to like nod your head but you don't really understand what they're talking about?
0: Like Pokemon Some, cards, yes.
1: Well, or something like we're like I'll 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 get this um I'll get this kind of half an impression like you like after school when she's got a lot of energy and she's happy to be getting home get like like hear about all these things <laughs> and all I heard was this blur because we'd see we saw Moana a couple of weeks ago. I saw it again this last weekend and it was just, blah, 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 blah. you know, in coding, we're doing Moana. And I was like, well, you're, "What? that just came out. Like, how is that a thing? And then at one point we were watching a trailer and she said, Oh, I just got up to this part in coding. And I was like, are you high? Like, what are you, what are you talking about? So <clears throat> I don't know if you saw this in notes. Have you seen this hour of code thing? Yes. Yeah, so this—I mean, I haven't even looked at this yet, but I just thought—I thought this was interesting. I want to know if you knew about this and could tell me about it. But I guess they load this up on the Chromebook, and you get to do some coding stuff. And Disney has given—it looks like they've got hour of code projects from Moana, Star Wars, Frozen, and Big Hero Six.
0: I that you know a lot more about it than I know. You no,
1: know, I'm just looking at the page. It's in it's in notes. But have you ever heard of this, Hour of Code?
0: I have heard about it. I don't I don't know much beyond that than it was these were it was something I think geared toward kids, maybe, and uh and and it incorporates kind of the stuff that's in pop culture for kids and, and helps them start learning to to code. And so who, that's all I know about it?
1: I'm just looking on the internet here. So who who started this? What is Hour of Code? I think you go
0: to, I think it's like code.org. Code yeah, i looking at it. Anyway, just
1: thought it was kind that's of really a neat cool. idea. And it's really cool. That
0: every, Disney's because doing they, that. every student in every school should have the opportunity to learn computer science.
1: Hmm. Pretty neat. Oh, and yeah, I, that stuff, it, it sounds like that stuff is a big hit. I with think kids when I, they know, I think, I think
0: they, they, if it demystifies a lot about the computer for them and what you can do with it and what its purpose is. Right. And I think that's a positive thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, like it seems this is at this point, this is so true that it's basically like a cliche. But, you know, if kids are motivated by the content of a project, they're much more likely to want to do the project. And I mean, the, the obvious example, I, I guess is reading. Mm-hmm. We're like, if you, if you really want, if you're enjoying Harry Potter, you're going to learn to read or, you know, whatever that's like I say, that's a cliche, but I think that's probably really true. And if this is well done anyway, I, I didn't have anything to say about it. I just thought it was in, kind of an interesting, uh, interesting idea.
0: Yeah, it is. I have a little follow follow-up um, Yeah. That, that kind of relates to this. We're talking about computers coding. Um, uh, we had talked about video games and my son's interest in, in different video games and i got a lot of great suggestions and i've been asking on twitter about this and i uh it was his birthday and one of the things that he got for the birthday was a computer as you remember and so yeah. uh, a lot of people suggested uh of the different games one of them that that just kept coming up over and over and over again uh is uh overwatch oh i've heard a lot about this yeah i didn't i i wasn't really aware that i had ever like seen it, but I ha- I realized after I saw him when well, we got it for him, and I saw him uh, seeing you know th- watching him play it rather that I-, I said oh okay I have seen this it's amazing uh, like this is if I had been a kid and someone had said yeah you c- you can play this game I'm <laughs> I'm never coming out of this room again it's it is a lot of fun and it's well let me let me be the dumb guy you know, uh, tell me
1: about what it is because I hear a lot of
0: people talk about it. Overwatch and I will put it I'll put it into the uh into the show notes. It is a uh a a multiplayer game predominantly. I think there's training modes that you can that you can do uh if you want, but primarily it is a multiplayer game. And you have a ton of different characters that you can be and unlike many games where each character is, you know, essentially the same this one has the big gun this one has the little gun and runs a little faster with this there's a lot more to it the characters all are fully fleshed out they all have backstories they have different uh things that they can say and do you can further customize them and it is a team primarily a team focused game it's not at least in in watching him the ones he's been playing it's not just run around and shoot everything it's more this is the team and i'm this time i'm going to be the big guy who can do a shield and has a slow melee weapon and be like a defending the team as we move forward and and the next time i'm going to be this like fast scout type person who does this other thing and uh but it's fun there's a lot of collaboration it's a very good spirited game it doesn't have that it doesn't you know, so many games are all about gu- guts and gore and evil. And this one's just, it's about fun. It's just a fun game. It's a fun game to watch. Uh, and I've played a little bit of it. And it's its just a whole lot of fun. And like so many games now, um, you can download it. You don't have to go to a store to buy it. Most games apparently are like this now. But um, this is for the PS4. It's for Xbox. It's for Windows PC. And it is not at all in any way for the Mac. And there are a lot of people who are upset because this game of course is by blizzard who is one of the first great Mac game developers. And this is the first great game that they didn't even attempt to uh, make a Mac version of it for. So uh, but the graphics are stunning and the gameplay is great and it's a lot of fun. And for some reason my son was like, "Eh, I'm not really interested in that. And then I'm like, you, you you will be you trust me on this. And he played it, and like he like half an hour later, he's like, "That's probably the best game in the whole world." And uh, wow. so yeah, yeah, he had a lot of fun with it. But there, there's fun things, and they're really inventive with the the weapons. There's one character that has like um the one that everyone's probably seen in the in the in like videos of it. He has some kind of sort of it's almost like a grappling hook that he fires at his enemy and pulls him closer. And it's just it's there. It's very inventive. And, and just a whole lot of fun. And, uh, and so he's, he's really enjoying that. So thanks to everybody who recommended that. And a lot of other games, too. Uh, I really appreciate it. And um, one person, I, if I may, yeah, uh, I want to give a, a shout out to, uh, to Brian, who I, I won't go into too many details, but he, Brian, you know who you are. And, uh, he did something extraordinarily amazing for my kid that I don't even know how to thank him. I've thanked him in email, but I just want to shout out Brian, dude, you're amazing. Thank you.
1: Thank you, Brian. Yeah.
0: He works at a game company and gave something to my son. That's just crazy. So thank, thank you for that. Appreciate it. You know, sometimes people are all right. Yeah. You know that it renewed, you know, he, he you know, renewed you know, my faith thing. in humanity. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, let's see. I don't have too much for today. There's one thing I mentioned to you, and I don't know. Can we talk about this? Yeah, let's do it. Um, We have gotten a lot of feedback, I feel like, in the last few weeks, especially after last week's episode, about, how do I put this? We've gotten feedback. We've got well. We've gotten. I, I want to put this correctly. We've gotten feedback from people primarily that people are noting, um, our very s- apparent, very strong level of frustration or even maybe anger mm. with Apple. Mm-hmm. But that that we've been we've been trying to see. I, I don't see it that way. But I want to portray the feedback correctly. Some people just wish we quit doing it because it's really annoying and they're tired of people right. beating up on Apple, which I I understand. I totally understand. Um, and I guess I guess I just want to respond to that a bit. Um because I don't I don't want to annoy our listeners and and I certainly don't want to become, you know, a show where we just sit and complain about mm-hmm. things. Right. Um but at the same time I don't feel I don't precisely want to exactly apologize for talking about it because I think it's important to talk about, but I would just like to clear the air a little bit about what we're talking about with, with the Apple stuff and okay.
0: to I don't know. What do you think? No, I, I, I would have like you to. seen any of this feedback from people? Yes, I have. I've seen it on email and Twitter. How would you describe it? Uh, people seem to think that we are... Uh, a- a- angry angry at Apple or being too crotchety Un- old unfairly, man. Unf- unfairly critical? Unfairly critical, yeah. I'll go along with that.
1: I, I get a vibe of we're being unfairly critical, that we're being and i'm not i'm not saying i'm disagreeing with this i just want to portray the feedback or that we are being sort of out of step with with what
0: people want or expect perhaps from us or yeah oh, oh you mean from the program yeah yeah, yeah. sure i yeah. mean that's fair or enough or even absolutely. or even from us as individuals actually um in the sense that like we're both long time apple uh, users mac users and and I think the expectation is that we are not, you know, I don't want to use the word like fanboys, but that we come no, from we're fans. that. We're fans. We come yeah. from that stock.
1: Well, and again, maybe I'm being a little precious with my distinctions here. I, first of all, I want to say we have not gotten, I don't think we've gotten like, it's not angry or hateful responses from people, but, but they are kind of pointing out, hey, you guys are, are being really hard on Apple. And I... I guess. Hmm, I don't know. First, I just wanted to acknowledge that, and I, 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 well, I don't want to necessarily sit here and say mea culpa for my feelings about Apple. You know, I'm, I'm dis. I don't want to disappoint people who who tune in for the show. I do think. Well, and I should also say, just I'm nothing but but preface today. I I, I don't think we we need to defend what we talk about on the show. But I will say this. I think that the the place that Apple products have had in our life for the time that we've been using it um, has never been questionable. It's, it's not, I mean, and I'm not even saying it's questionable now. What I am saying is that we do have the bona fides of people who genuinely love this stuff. Yeah. Um, I just, I feel like I want to slightly separate these things into little silos. I don't know if this is useful, but I want to slightly separate the like, what's, what's frustrating for us because it's, not helping us do the thing we want to do or historically have done. I feel like separating that slightly from the sort of, as we said, Kremlinology of trying to really understand, you know, what's happening with Mm -hmm, this. mm -hmm. But, but why is this germane to back to work? It may not be, but I think it is in the sense that these, the relationship we have with stuff we've gotten from Apple over the years is very personal to where it almost feels like your lightsaber. It feels like an extension of, of what you're trying to accomplish. And so in the same way that people, you know, I don't think we'd be criticized for talking about the best app to do email or calendar. Right. Um, I do, I do think it is somewhat germane to talk about this and maybe even to extend it a little further into the, well, you know, does this matter? Should it matter stuff? But, you know, I, I also, I feel like I, I was not, especially in the, I guess the previous episode before that, I was not trying to, um, pillory apple i was i said that from a It ended up being a place of sounding disappointed because i'm actually i am actively trying to understand what the landscape is where things are going and i'm trying to be sort of cold-eyed about that and i think it ends up sounding kind of sad sack because the truth is i don't think we are it doesn't the evidence is not there that people like us are who they're making this stuff for right now so i don't know i i don't i don't know what direction to take it but i just thought that might be it might be even more annoying to people if we talk about it more, but you know, it's, it's interesting when you, you get to a certain time where I, I've actually seen a lot of this. I've seen, I've seen a fair amount of a lot of people are very frustrated with a lot of stuff at Apple and are in fact very kind of critical about Apple. And then there are other people who I feel, and this is not just saying there's two kinds of people, but I think there are other people who are really fatigued by what they perceive of as negativity Mm -hmm. against what Apple does. Mm -hmm. And it feels like nitpicking, and it feels like at this point, you know, Apple used to be David, and now they're Goliath, so everybody feels free to take potshots at Apple. So, I mean, that is kind of in the water right now as a phenomenon,
0: but... I think that's a great way to say it. And and we are... Some of the feedback that we got was from people who are saying, oh, I got my first Mac in... Was it 2006 or even 2009? People who have just... Just kind of gotten into the world of the Mac. And so they don't, you know, and I think part of the fact that we've been using, I mean, I've forgotten when your first, what was your first Mac or your first First, Apple?
1: The first Apple I used was, I think it was a, I think it was a Fat Mac, but it was a, you know, a fairly original ish Mac in 1987. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that was, that was just, it was in the, in the Mac lab. Right. At uh they had three Macs. And uh you could if no if the computer science people weren't doing their what was that was the textbook? Fourth and sixty eight thousand. If they weren't doing their fourth homework on there, like you could go and is that what it's called? Is that the language? Yeah,
0: there's a language called I don't know a thing about it.
1: I just remember thinking that was kind of a clever title. Even before I knew what sixty eight thousand meant. It was the fourth was, I think it was the book was called Fourth and Sixty Eight Thousand. Wow. Which unless I'm missing the joke is pretty clever.
0: No, it's it's uh it's that I never did any kind of development like that. Not, but I that was, but Apple. that
1: was just, that's just all it was. I mean, I was, I was just a liberal arts, you know, humanities
0: right. guy right. who went into type pretty much. Right. I started using my first Apple computer was an Apple II. I didn't own it. I used it right, in a right, su- right. summer camp when I was 11. So this would be 1982, 80, 83. And I loved it. I thought it was great, you know? And uh, and then, you know, a couple of years later when they came out with the Macintosh, it was like, whoa, you know, so different from everything else that's going on. But I, my first, you know, my first real time using a Mac was a Mac, uh Mac SE, not an SE30. I owned an SE30, but a Mac SE, we had an R.
1: That was my first Mac that I owned was see? an SE.
0: And yeah. it was that was a great machine. We had ours in the little uh, in the little room where you would do the desktop publishing for the little school newspaper. Wow! And you know, it's like we've been around since the beginning. And and I mean, I'll be the first to say that there have been uh, times where I would I mean I would have put myself in the sort of Mac fanboy category for a while there, especially when it was so clear that Apple and Mac was better uh, in every possible way for
1: than, for what we wanted, for to what do. we
0: wanted to do. <clears throat> right. Then, then something like windows or pretty much anything else. And I remember the whole, uh, the whole switcher campaign. I'm a Mac, I'm a PC. And I feel like that was, uh, people don't, I mean, maybe it, maybe because it, f- it seems like such a long time ago, but I don't know if people really give that campaign enough credit for the number of people that it really reached and who really saw that, and it like like it worked, you know. Do you remember when we were real little kids that they would um, have those commercials where they would have you do like the taste test, and then it would between Coke and Pepsi. Yeah, the did Pepsi you, Challenge. Did you know you just picked Pepsi? Really? I just yeah, the Pepsi Challenge. Thank you. At, like that worked on people. I knew people who like switched to Pepsi because of that. And maybe that's a silly example, but I know a lot of people who were, they used PCs, they had PCs at work, and they saw those commercials and they're like, huh, maybe I'll try this thing. And they tried it and they liked it and like they became a Mac user.
1: Right.
0: When that, when we've talked about how that was a distinction. So, I mean, when we criticize, or if if I come across as sounding critical in any way, it's not the... Apple is doomed. Apple sucks. Apple's changed it. it, Without Steve jobs, it's going to fail. Like I don't feel that way. What I'm saying is the same thing that I would say if my son brought home a a D minus test, I'd be like, I expect more from you. You Mm -hmm. are better than this. You can do better than this. I know you, I know how smart you are. You can do better. Let's figure out how. And that's what I'm saying, to Apple. When I say these things, it's like I expect more from you. You can be better. Uh, be better, please. I want to give you more money, and I want I want to keep buying the stuff that you make because I think as a company, right. you're you know we've got this shared history, and 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 I so I think I think I'm somewhere. But I'm sorry if I'm like rambling about it, but like no, no, that's no, no. that's how I come at it.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. But I I also feel like we um. How can I put this? Sometimes when, um, this kind of leads back to the YouTube video thing where a lot of times I'm looking for like a nugget of information about something. Like, you know, how to use this poorly documented feature (laughs) of this thing. (laughs) And... And so, you know, you go and you're searching and you're using Google and you're trying to get very specific about about finding this one piece of information you're pretty sure is out there. You put it in quotes and you do all that and that. And that. And when you're in that particular mode, um, you don't really care what anybody's opinion of that product is, probably. I mean, because you already, if, if you've got the thing, now you just need to know how to use it right? Confirmation bias? I don't know. But the point is like, I'm I'm going somewhere with this. But like in that instance, like I just want to know like how to get this, you know, auto adjust thing to work in this app or whatever that is. And so sometimes that's not very well documented and you need to go and dig in. And like I, so I don't hate that your video begins with talking to the camera. I'm not mad that it includes an unboxing, but for the purposes of my being there, I'm there because I have this, uh, the passionate task, like this, this thing I want to find out, which is, which is this thing. So, I think that's a pattern that gets repeated in lots of different ways. Put, put it on a much broader scale. You know, um, think about, you know, talking to somebody about what computer you should buy in, say, 1996. And, you know, you almost need a rabbi for the rabbi. Like, you don't even know who to talk to unless you understand what it is that they're going to likely try to sell you. So, like, if it's somebody who's really into, what, gateway? They're like, oh, I live near a mall, so I really like buying gateways. And so, somebody else might be all like, oh, you know, I all I know is this thing we use at the computer lab. You definitely want to learn the command line first. Somebody else might go, well, you know, I we had apples in my school, so I assume you'd want an apple too, or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, whatever, whatever that is. Um I mean, I, I, I feel like it would be, I don't think we need to like overestablish our bona fides about, yeah, 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 we really like Max. It's just that, hmm, I'm not not being very smart about this. I just, I don't want to, I don't want to seem either unkind and I, I suspect that there are probably or at one time or another people who work at Apple have listened to this show and mm-hmm. I don't, I'm, I don't really, I'm not trying to, to pile on about that. I'm not trying to like criticize any employees, but like, it's, it's very difficult to be able to, because I don't know how the company works, right? That's the other part no of one this. No one does. So I'm not, yeah, exactly. I'm not trying to single, like, I don't love the TV app <laughs> on TV uh, OS. Like that's something where I remap that key in like less than 10 minutes. Mm. There's no, I, there's I'm not going to use that thing. That's bananas, but that doesn't mean I feel disrespect toward the the team that made it. It's just that it was very frustrating in how that how it worked. And I, I don't know. I just I think um and it's a podcast, so we're just talking. Cool. I don't I'm not sure where I'm going with this. I don't want to say I'm sorry for what I said, but I just I thought it might be useful to try and put these things in a little bit of context. And if there's any defense that I want to make, I mean, obviously, the, the, if there's any apology, it's that, well, sometimes we don't always think this stuff out ahead of time and have it come out the way we want. The thing I will defend, though, is that I honestly am not trying to say, I'm certainly not saying Apple is doomed. I'm not saying I hate Apple. I'm not saying any of that stuff. There's no, none of that simple stuff. I'm trying to come to terms, like a lot of people, I'm trying to come to terms with the fact that I don't understand what they're doing, and right. I'm not craving this stuff. Right. And when I do get the stuff that I crave, I go, you know, this is really above average. And that's that's really complicated coming out of a period where for so many years it felt like guaranteed delight, like with all of these things. Right. And and now they're a big company and they do stuff and they need to grow. And so I just, I think that's I think that can be complicated.
0: I like the way you say guaranteed delight. That's a really a really accurate. I think it's all it's all a moving target. You know, things get better. Like there's one
1: thing that drives you crazy, and like, oh, why didn't you include this feature? And just just for reference, also, I um I listened to a podcast recently that's uh, related to. I put a couple links in notes to this oral history of the Get a Mac um, commercials. And so they talked to Hodgman, they talked to Justin Long, they talked to the people who ran the campaign. Fun. Yeah, and I learned stuff. I did. I thought I knew lots about this, but I knew that that Hodgman had done. I believe 66 that aired, which is incredible wow. if you think about it. But they shot over 300. And in some cases, they had to go through Steve, and like the original pitch went on and on because Steve was like, "This is expletive, like this is garbage." <laughs> this is you know. But uh, anyway, it's 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 worth. I guess you can read it. I, I listen to it as a podcast, but. Um, it's, it's very fun and you, you learn a lot about the, like, there's so many stuff like celebrity appearances that never made it on, but I agree with you. I mean, that was, it was good timing because that is when the Mac was getting better. Mm-hmm. It was, there was a time when you would feel, my, my deal for a long time was with my friends, like if you get a Mac, like I'll help you select it. I'll help you set it up. And if you need, you know, basic tech support, I'm happy to help out, you know, I'll help you figure out like what software you need to get, Right. you know figuring out SCSI and termination mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that was my basic deal. And I'll tell you, that was a deal that was not, I mean, that was a deal that was not taken up nearly as often as I can make you a website. But boy that got taken up oh, a lot, right. but, but the Mac thing, there were not that many people going, mm, yeah, mm, yeah. Yeah. Uh you know actually I'm good with my PC thanks for uh, offering because you know you still you still had to kind of shepherd them through that it was still like such a minority not a minority it was still kind of a weird product for normal people to have in most cases unless you were like a I don't know it's it was it was weird everybody had a PC and that was just normal
0: yeah the idea that you would not have a PC set you apart it made you seem weird it made you uh an outlier and there were people who were like well I, what, you know what what can you do what can you do with the mac can you can you do word is there microsoft word for it and you know people forget like there was a long time where the fact that the disks, the floppy disks used a different file format, uh, format rather, meant that you couldn't take a disk from a PC or from a Mac or vice versa that they wouldn't play and then Apple added the PC disk compatibility so that you could right. you could just take that win- that disk from your DOS machine from your Windows machine and pop it into your Mac and read the files and copy the files. Yeah,
1: that was that. It seems like that was very much a part of their omnivorous strategy of yeah. uh, bringing the mountain to Muhammad. Um, right. To mix a metaphor, but I mean that was one of the early journeys into dongle land. Like in the pre-Steve days, back when there were so many like proprietary ports and stuff. But still, like if you wanted to, you would get an ADB adapter, or right. you would. There are all these different things. I think Gruber's still using an ADB to USB for his adapter. standard
0: keyboard. Yeah, it probably. Yeah. Was.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, but that was, I I suspect that was, I feel like I've read this somewhere, but I think that was part of their strategy was to say, okay, hey, look, you know, we'll, this part of it doesn't mean that much to us, we'll bend this, you know, to, to work with your system. Right. And then, you know, just miraculous things happen. Like pretty soon, if you were doing desktop publishing, you were doing it on a Mac. Right. And then pretty soon after that, if you were, it wasn't, I remember for a long time, I always preferred PageMaker. I never understood Quark. And then you had to learn Quark. Yeah. Because that's what every bureau used. And, you know, I, you'd never, run. I never
0: learned it. I stayed with PageMaker.
1: I love PageMaker. But there's this really cool app you could get, what was it called? Preflight that would run through and make sure all your EPSs were like, in we good see, shape. People and don't
0: understand this, but if you knew PageMaker or Quark, if you, but PageMaker, you, you could make a, you were a, a special person. That's what I did. That's you what I did after college. You could make a living, man. You could make a living just because you knew. <laughs> Listen to how absurd this is. It, yeah. It's like, if. It's, do you know how to use Safari? Yes. You can make a living just using Safari. What are you talking about? No, it was like that with, with PageMaker. Like if you knew it, you could do things that other people couldn't do and they had to come to you. And they had yep. to say, "We we need this stuff. Like you you can make this stuff that we need. And here here's ten thousand dollars for a weekend of work because no one else can do it. It's like when you call yeah. a plumber and you got a leak under your house. Please just fix the leak. I don't. It's it's you know it's two in the morning. We're flooding. Make it go away. That was us with page with just PageMaker.
1: Yeah, the, the the first thing or type of thing I remember making money with on a Mac was um typing, just typing papers for people because it was an easy way to make <laughs> my money. my god,
0: that's awesome.
1: And but the second <laughs> the, the the first like job I got for a stranger outside of school was uh this would probably be, I don't know, I can't even remember, 88, 89, but I would go in um and this this real estate company needed somebody to lay out their, like their flyer there. And, uh, it was so arduous to get stuff out of Microsoft word, to fix all the, the dingbats and the broken characters. And then you got to get all of that into PageMaker. But I just, I loved it. I loved it so much, yeah. but you're right. I mean, you were, you, you seemed like a wizard at that time. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't I don't want to drag this out, but I, I I do want to try and hopefully make our peace with listeners. I don't want to I don't want to frustrate anybody or sound like an old man. It, the The truth is, you know, when I we get these emails from folks and I see what people say, you know, this, this was kind of the point I guess I was poorly trying to make a couple weeks ago was I think this stuff does work for a lot of people. And that that's kind of what led me to this conclusion that maybe I'm just out of step. Right. In expecting these things from the past, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I see people like my my friend Alex, like she she loves her MacBook Pro she just got. So we had a couple different listeners write in to say how much they loved their right. their MacBook Pro. And the thing is, if you never if you didn't use all those ports before, how could you miss them? Right. Right. I mean, that that kind of stands to reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: I mean, if you're not sitting, if you're not, if you're not plugging stuff into a Thunderbolt port, if you're not using Firewire stuff, if you're not plugging tons of USB, th- you know, if you're, if you're sitting there with your laptop and it's just a laptop and all you really do is charge it, then who cares what other ports it has on there? If you, oh, you know what? I had a backup drive. Now I don't use it because I use whatever, Backblaze, Crash Plan, uh, you know, or, or iCloud or whatever, Dropbox, whatever you're using you know then all of a sudden like it, it doesn't why why would i care whether it has these ports or what kind of ports are on it the only one i need is what i plug in my iphone to charge but you know what i don't do that with my iphone anymore because i i back it up to the cloud so i don't yeah. need any cables at all it's just a laptop now and so i think if you if you're in that situation and you're not com- you're not bringing a legacy of of devices with you or a a legacy of the way you like to work yeah, it wouldn't matter. And there, so somebody else sent us an email that said, "By the way, I think the key the key, new keyboard is great." Mm-hmm. And there are yeah, there and, are a lot and, and of people. I say that, that that's good. <laughs> right, there are a lot of people who who they simply do not. These things are non issues to them. They don't they don't care. You give when, them a different somebody, keyboard. When somebody
1: and, says something like that, I always uh, append the sentence, "Fight me," where they, where they go like, <laughs> "I like the new keyboard." Fight me! Right. It's like no, no, no that's okay. <laughs> You're allowed. We can we can have different opinions on this. Yeah, I've got a um, episode of Mac Power Users in the chamber right now. I haven't listened to it yet, but their latest episode is um, episode three fifty five. The iPad as a Mac replacement. It says your know, David gave up his David Sparks gave up his laptop and went iPod only for several months and now shares both the joy and the agony. So I'm looking forward to listening to that. It's been interesting to watch Federico's journey. I mean, I think this is this is a very interesting idea to me. Is and I think we've t- touched on this in the past is that I, 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 I wonder if there's a I doubt that there's a formal mandate in place. I, I doubt that there's a motivational poster that says get people to move to iPad. But it's it's certainly an interesting idea that they more and more the iPad is part of a direction that is just starting to form as something that is really the future a little bit. Do you know what I mean? I think so. Well, I mean, I'm not putting this well, but again, like stuff like the touch bar on the new thing, they're yeah. obviously trying to incorporate things like that. But there's the, um, there's that old, you know, you ain't going to need it idea. Yeah. And I, uh, yeah, I just, I I wonder, but if, you know, if it's not a profit, if it's, I don't say it's not profitable. It's not like where it's not where they're putting a lot of wood behind the arrow is in in the Mac department and especially maybe not so much in the desktop map. Anyway, this is sad and I don't mean it to be sad. I did want to say, you know, I I do apologize if it sounded like we were being unfair or critical or cranky or unself aware about how we were doing it. Um, I, I, Part of it is just bitching because that's what friends do when they talk. Mm-hmm. But it's it's also that like I am really kind of trying to figure out my place with this and importantly to understand just a little bit more what the future looks like by trying to uncloud my idea of what I see being what is true because it's what I'm used to. And that's that's a difficult and complicated process for for me and I suspect for lots of people. Definitely is. Yeah. Um. Did you want to tell me about something that you like?
0: Yes, I would like to tell you about Casper. They make mattresses. They are a company that created the perfect mattress and they sell it directly to consumers. So they've eliminated commission-driven inflated prices and they have won awards for this. It's super, super comfortable. It's got a sleek design. It's delivered in these small uh, boxes that They're, you know, they're, they're so well-known for this now that it's like, how do you get a mattress in a little box? But that's how they deliver it. And, uh, and you get to try it out and you get to sleep on it for a hundred nights. And if you don't like it after a hundred nights, you just say, listen, didn't like it. And they'll come and they'll take it away and you get a full refund for it, which is pretty incredible. They're great mattresses. We've had one for a long time and it's fantastic. You have two, Right.
1: No, just the one, You're down had to for, one. Well, we've had it for no, we've only ever had one. Um, we've had it for two years. A couple of weeks ago though, my daughter, who sometimes likes to sneak in there, she asked if we could take our king size Casper and cut it in half so she could have one. <laughs> hint, hint, hint. Right. But uh but no, we I love it. I've had it for two years, and it's it's just, it's just dynamite. And the, you know, I, I, you start with loving that, like you say, you start with loving that experience of how easy it is to deal with this company, right? How easy it is to just pick this thing up from your front step and carry it in. But you know, it, there is more to it than that. It actually is. It actually has a really nice mattress.
0: It really is, and it's it seems too good to be true. It really does, but it's it's worth taking the leap of faith if you're in the market for a mattress. You know what? Go to the stores and and roll around on those things, and when you're fed up with that. Uh, Go to Casper.com. In fact, Casper.com slash It's Your Show and use the code It's Your Show, one word, and you'll get $50 toward any mattress you purchase. Terms and conditions apply. And by the way, while you're there, they are now making uh, pillows and they're making sheets and they're making other things that go with your amazing uh, Casper mattress. So it's like a one-stop shop. Uh, They they are are, uh, obsessively engineered mattresses at very very good prices and again you get it to try them for 100 nights risk free so uh, go to to support the show go to casper.com slash it's your show and use the code it's your show for $50 off which is a good deal and how much are these things they're very affordable 500 bucks for a twin 750 for a full 850 for a queen and 950 for a king plus you're going to get your discount on top of that so uh thanks very much to casper for supporting us uh so much and and uh we really appreciate them and we both have them and uh, and love them. So go check it out casper.com.
1: Buck buck. Thank you Casper. I like that company a lot.
0: Yeah, they're doing it right. Yeah, I like them fine. I get emails uh from my my son is using my Steam account. Steam is the distribution platform right, that right. Valve made to sell their games and and lots and lots of other games. It's essentially like the app store for games and it's cross platform and it's great but he he goes through there and looks at all of the games that are available and so lots and lots of indie developers have made games and big publishers have made games on there as well like so all all pretty much almost all games are are available through this not all but most and uh he apparently he puts certain games on his wish list and the one that just it just came across is for Grand Theft Auto Five, which is and, and isn't that isn't that like ridiculously violent? It's like the most violent game ever. I think any anything bad that could happen in real life happens in the game. It's
1: like shoot 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 sex workers at yes. drug dealers and stuff That's, like that. Yes.
0: And the and the image that it sends, it says the following items on your wish list, this just came in as I was doing this spot. The following items on your wish list are on sale and it says Grand Theft Auto and it's got a big image, which is done in what, one- oh, who's the du- director that famously invented the, for lack of a better term, the sort of Brady Bunch set of reaction shots where the screen gets split into six or 12 different parts and it shows- Probably, different-
1: probably Brian De Palma. Yes. Brian, Brian De Palma did that for, for Carrie. He does that in most of his movies where like suddenly the soundtrack will be playing and you'll split into these multiple
0: points of view on screen. Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Yeah. So it's like a a shot of that, and it shows, I'm just going to go from from left to right across, uh, a helicopter launching a missile, a blonde sex worker holding an iPhone, a grungy-looking mafiosa-style-looking hitman with uh, some kind of long-range rifle with a sight on it, a Rottweiler chained up, a man wearing a gas mask, a man on a jet ski, what looks like an Audi uh, doing a drift, and a man uh, with a with a, a a handgun close to his own face. This is, and then it says above it, Grand Theft Auto Five with Oof. the big V and little five going a little scroll five going over V like in in like you have on the dollar bill with the little thing. And uh, it's hey, it's fifty percent off. Well, that's a pretty good deal. But this is the kind of thing that, like, we've talked about this before. Like, I don't, I don't even want him to watch the preview for this. I know he has because he put it on his freaking yeah. wish list. Yeah, yeah. What am I supposed to do about that?
1: Yeah, because you don't want to be exposed to.
0: Well, just not, not yet. I mean, wait, you know, some things can wait, right? Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, yeah, I totally agree. We talked about this on, you and I have talked about this a lot. Like, I was talking about this with Roderick about that whole, that whole problem of like, God, where haven't I talked about this? That whole problem of movies you think of from the 80s that are PG rated. And you think like, you know, (laughs) this will be fine. Like, you know, Caddyshack is not something you're going to show to your kid. Right. Um, it's, it's in that vein of, you know, Animal House. There's going to be like a lot in that, that is deliberately, um, out there and offensive. Yeah.
0: What was the first movie you ever saw like that when you were a kid? Do you remember? You know what I'll tell you I remember is, um,
1: in the seventies even, I remember going because when we were kids, I mean, leaving out X, which didn't play in theaters where I lived, you had G, P, G, and R. And it was just basically understood, at least in, in our circles, that PG meant that a kid could go to that movie. Right. That you could, you know, and that, that could be something that I'm trying to remember. Like most Disney movies, almost all Disney movies were G. But like, you know, many of the movies we know, love and revere, the Star Wars movies were PG. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, you know, just parental guidance sug- suggested. Um, but I think about going to, I remember the Mad Magazine movie, Up the Academy. <laughs> maybe circa 1979 or 80, maybe I was like, Oh, it was so offensive and totally rated PG. And I, I don't know how they got away with it. I'm trying to think of there. there I mean, the, the classic of course is ghostbusters where everybody's smoking the whole time. Yeah. And there's one scene that we won't that talk cool. about. That was cool. That was cool. Right. It was, it was very cool. But, um, the first, yeah, I'm trying to think of other ones like the, Oh God, I remember going to see a pink Panther movie with my mom in probably 1976 rated PG and there was something very sexual in it and really? we were both very embarrassed. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, that was just, it's, it's just like they were looking for ways to put that stuff in. I, I remember, you know, Caddyshack came out in 1980 and Porky's <laughs> I believe came out in 81. Yeah. And, Porky is this one of these movies that like you can watch Caddyshack today and if you were to edit out some of the, the, the scenes that I guess are questionable, it'd still be, it'd still be, it had some, it had some value. Yeah. But Porky Por- is just, Porky's
1: feels like an experiment.
0: Yeah. It's just, I have not watched it probably in 20 or more years, but it's just absurd. It's just ridiculous. I remember. I'm looking. I just Googled Porky's. Yeah, and I remember, the
1: image of the the hole in the wall.
0: Yeah, the hole in the wall.
1: Yeah,
0: and it's just it's one of these things. like, how did this? Who who thought this was okay? Why was this made? And oh I God, all I all that's... me and my friends wanted to do was see it. Like that was that was it. All we wanted to do was see that movie. You if you when it came on whatever HBO or Showtime or whatever had it. And it would come on late, like your friends. would oh, yeah. Did you hear? It's it's going to be on this weekend, or whatever. Well, you, and you know what else that guy directed two years later? Mm. A Christmas Story. Really? He was in yeah. the National Lampoon's. Oh, oh! Christmas Story, not a, a Christmas Vacation. No, Ralphie. Ralph? He really?
1: Bob Clark. He like he Bob did Porky's Clark. in Clark. Yeah, I think he's Canadian. He did Porky's in 1981 and Christmas Story in 1983.
0: No way. Oh, look at this. uh, Porky's was a box office success. It was the fifth highest grossing film of 1982. Oh, good for Porky's. The plot. A group of Florida high school students plan on losing their virginity. Mm. That's it. I mean, that kind of summarizes the whole movie.
1: Which leads them to seek revenge on a sleazy nightclub owner and his redneck sheriff brother for harassing them. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's... that's did we talk? We talked about VidAngel on here, didn't we? One time, Vidywell? well. Yes, we did. It's funny. We talked about it on Roderick uh, just, I think the other day, last week, and apparently they just they finally got dinged by the um, by the motion picture industry. It looks like they're not going to be around anymore. Really? VidAngel is a service where you could go in a totally banana service where you could go in. You got to read up on this because it's so crazy. They, their their business model was they were skirting. So it's basically it's it's against the law to do all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but essentially what they had come up with was this scheme where you sign up for their service. And so when you want to watch a movie and so, so the value proposition of VidAngel, angel, the, the primary content uh, value proposition is that you can choose what kinds of things you don't want to see in it. So like, for example, you can cut out curses and that audio will drop out. You can cut out entire kinds of scenes. They've gone in and done metadata on all of these different movies so, so the, the crazy part, number one is that you go in and say like, I want to watch the big Lebowski, but I don't want to hear the F word. And so it cuts all of those out, et cetera, et cetera. And then you, you watch it, you stream it and you've got the big Lebowski and, and their workaround for this was that, <laughs> oh, by the way, it costs $2. The workaround yeah. was that technically you were buying a DVD. Right. They had copies of every every copy that went out, and then they would return the copy, and they would refund you like eighteen dollars. It was it was it was totally like along the lines of like going to the swap meet, and you buy a uh, you buy a uh, nut and a bowl and get a free beer with it. Right, right, right. You know, but uh, I I can't believe they survived as long as they did. But I I see the value of that. I really I I really do. I mean, just because <clears throat> you think about oh my god, did you see the stats on The Walking Dead this season?
0: The stats?
1: I mean, like how many
0: people watched it or?
1: Yeah. 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 No. Oh my God. There's the craziest graph. Episode one was like one of the most, maybe the most, one of the most watched episodes of all time. And it's like, just falls off a cliff after episode one. Cause you know, that was a bridge too far for a lot of people, including me. And so I I see the value. What happened
0: in episode one?
1: Oh yeah. I'm sorry. I why don't I think you're watching it? It was,
0: um, I have have never seen an episode of, of that show.
1: Even by Walking Dead standards, um, the violence was very graphic and disturbing. Um, but I guess I mean, I'm trying do to say Do you think is, they did
0: that to try and renew interest in the show or appeal to something? Because isn't it like fifth, fifth season or is isn't seventh, it... Seventh, I think. Seventh.
1: Yeah. Well, it's partly to establish this character that we've been hearing about for a long time. And they want to establish like what a baddie this guy is, I think as kind of the, that was you know the setup for the rest of the season but like i i, I there's there's plenty of times like take it okay again think of dr strange like dr strange which was okay like i could have done without the beheading
0: right we yeah, talked about talked that the us. first scene, scene beheading yeah
1: yeah but like this is a movie that you know and again i'm being one of those dumb parents this is the kind of movie you'd like to bring a kid to but like woo, do we really need a beheading? In like one of the first scenes of the movie, it's like, is there a way they could could have uh, Indiana Jones that a little bit and like yeah, just and had it whole, like happen
0: off screen? The whole first scene, it I, I, I wouldn't get started on this. It's graphic. It, it's like graphic torture. But it did nothing for the whole movie. It did nothing for the movie except that it's supposed to establish that the guy is a bad guy. You know what? You could have done that by having him sit in a dark room and like yell at someone. You know what I'm saying? Or like, you
1: could have had him uh, playing poker while his eye bleeds. <laughs> Le Chiffre. Is that his name? Yeah, that's that yes, That's the same is guy. Is that guy Mads Mickelson? Isn't that the same guy? Yes, it is. Do you watch
0: Sherlock? Uh, I've seen a few episodes. I know I know it's uh, one of your favorites. It's on my list. Uh,
1: I love it. I love it. I love it. I, uh, just, I, I just learned that one of our favorite episodes has uh, Mads Mickelson's
0: older brother in it. Oh, really? He has an older brother? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Huh. The, the episode about the um, multimedia baron... Who has everybody's information and blackmails them? It's a really good episode. It's like the end of season, the end of season
0: three, hmm. maybe. So a couple TV shows that I have started because I'm down to the last couple episodes of The Good Wife, which has been an amazing, amazing show to binge watch. I think I said this before. Like, yeah, I, I, I'm like, why, why would I ever like this show? Why would I ever care about this show? This is Juliana Margulies? Absolutely. Okay, okay. At her finest. Yeah, I like her a lot. She's pretty amazing. Uh, little bit of trivia, she wears wigs in the show. Hmm. And And uh, that's because uh, her hair is naturally very, very curly. And instead- she had, she had big hair. Yes, very big hair. And instead of going through whatever, because they wanted her character- uh, Alicia Florrick, to ha- be sort of more quaffed and put together and kind of a little s- straight laced, I guess, in a way that they were going to have to, I guess, whatever they do to someone's hair to make it, to make it straight, they're going to have to straighten it and style it. And she said, you know what? S- forget that. Um, I'll do wigs. So she we- wears wigs, but hmm. you wouldn't know it. I'm just saying, just don- don't let that stop you from watching it. I like, I like an undetectable wig. I like a good wig. But uh, mm-hmm. so this show is coming to an end. So I've been kind of auditioning other shows. Um, a couple that I have started, The Americans. Mm. Have you watched this? Mm-hmm. This show is pretty great. good. Great, huh? I love it. Yeah, yeah. love that's, it.
1: That's a good. That's a really good choice.
0: Have you watched all of it?
1: Um, I think I, I watched all of. What was it on? Like, is it on season three or four? I, I, I definitely watched. I think all of the first two seasons. I, I think it's very well done.
0: I'm really I mean, enjoying
1: it. A lot of people think it's the best show on TV. No kidding, yeah. I believe that. It's great. The yeah, acting Tim Goodman talks about Everything. it all the time. Yeah, yeah. So I'll no, put that I, on my I, list. I think I think it's it's terrific and a real a real nail biter. Like you really you feel oh, like yeah. you never really know where things are going with that. Yeah,
0: it's good. and then the period stuff is good too. Yeah, it's it's fun to see that. But it, the the thing is, you kind of so for people who don't understand or don't know about this, um, the premise is that there are. Two K.G. This is takes place during the Reagan era, and there are two KGB agents who are stationed in Washington D.C. and their cover is they run, the, they run a travel agency. They run a travel agency, <laughs> and they are a married couple. I'm only halfway through the first season, so I don't. um Have you seen
1: anything on that? Have you seen anything on their backstory?
0: Uh, they are just starting to show some things on, on the backstory now, right. not a lot of it, but they were, this was, they, it's not like, it, it's not like they met and fell in love or anything. They were sort of put together because like, Hey, no, they're,
1: they're basically, they're soldiers. Yeah, they, they are. And they, and they are, they were highly, highly trained. Uh, and obviously this is just the conceit of the story, but like they have no accent at all. Right. They, they are, they have total cover. There's no suspicion of what they're doing. And, uh, they're doing, but it's, it's a really good spy show. There's yeah. lots of like spy stuff. It's yeah. So there's some cool. assassination action stuff, but there's a lot of just fun spy stuff.
0: And, uh, other shows that have, have come up on my radar that now, now that, um, I'll run these by you. The crown. Yeah. Mm. You, is that good? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Peaky. Yeah. I'm
1: up to the last episode.
0: Oh, really? Mm-hmm. There's a new, I don't think this one's out yet. I think it's coming out or maybe it is out. Peaky blinders. It's been out, and a lot of people really like that. It sort I've heard of has good like a, about like a Boardwalk Empire kind of a feel. Who isn't on
1: there? Is that Eddie Redmayne? Who's on there? No,
0: there's somebody.
1: Peaky You're binders. so good
0: with people's names. I just uh, I don't know. I look that. at their face. Oh no! And like, it's oh, the I know guy.
1: It it's the it's the one guy. Oh, the, that him? mm Hmm. The guy from the Christopher Nolan movies. The guy from Twenty Eight Days Later. Oh, He's Scarecrow. Yeah. Cillian Murphy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The with the dark hair. Light yeah, eyes. Any light eyes. It has
1: beautiful eyelashes. Yeah. And 28 days later, astonishing eyelashes. Mm. Mm.
0: There's another one called Poldark. 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 Have you heard of that one?
1: Looking it up.
0: No, never heard of it. That Ooh, one it looks, looks uh, like a period piece kind of thing. Period piece. Period. Period piece. And that's and on PBS? No, that's not PBS. Oh. Is it? Maybe oh. it is. Yeah. And uh, same as Downton Abbey, it's like a Downton Abbey uh, group. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Downton, you know, Downton Abbey, one of the sure.
0: Br- British shows. Mm. I'll watch it anyway. And then the last one is uh, Taboo. Oh, I don't know Taboo. It's taboo. It's got. It's a Tom Hardy deal. It's coming on Netflix, and I. It's a like a. I don't know if it's a limited series. Oh, look at him. He's no, got it's a FX. It's FX. Sorry. Oh, I like him. And that comes out in a month. Looks that looks really good.
1: Yeah. Ooh, Jonathan Price. Nothing wrong with
0: that. Scroobies oh, Jonathan pip. Price is uh, is um the uh something wicked this way comes guy, right?
1: Well, you know Jonathan Price is. Who is it? He's the guy that Ricky sells to in uh, Glengarry.
0: Yeah, Jonathan. Yeah, Jonathan Price. Yeah, something wicked this way comes.
1: Right, and uh, Brazil.
0: Yes. Yeah, he's great. Oh, he's terrific. I was just watching uh, Something Wicked This Way comes recently. That scene where he's ripping the pages out of the book. Uh, I've never about seen that. Eight... <gasps> you got to see it. I, bet it. I bet it doesn't hold up. But, oh, you've got to see that movie. The part yeah, where that
1: sucks when that happens. Talking
0: to him about age. He's like, 30, still a young man, 31, gone, years gone. It's great. Wow, this is two years before Brazil. Look at that. Yeah. Jiminy Christmas. He's, he's a, he's a young, young man in that movie. Looks the same. <laughs> just take him there. He has gray hair now. Same. You got good taste. These are all these are all really good shows. Yeah, I gotta, I'm, well, I gotta, gotta fill in for uh, for my girl. Yeah, good no, wife. I know
1: she's she's so uh, she's so charismatic. I no. really like her.
0: <sighs> she can do no wrong. She's like the perfect human. Mm. Mm-hmm. 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 And mm-hmm. just she gets better every season. Better as she ages, she improves. Mm. She'll be a hundred. She'll be a thousand times better.
1: She's also in one of my favorite uh, weird Saturday Night Live sketches.
0: <laughs> is it the one is it the one where she's playing um, what's her name from uh, the one movie
1: no I'm thinking of the one where she goes over to dinner with her boyfriend and her boyfriend's parents and they all and, kiss uh, each
0: other they're all kissing each other
1: better um, they're just they're just sitting there eating dinner and talking and Will Ferrell who plays the father is just eating dinner and he chews up the food and then spits it into the guy's mouth oh god That's and so just keeps it just keeps going She's in that? (laughs) Yep. She's really game. She's very game in that one.
0: Oh, that's a good one. Oh, oh man. I need to look that one up. Family day. Low energy today. What's wrong with me?
1: I should have some more uh, Gaiusa. Yeah. How has that been going, (laughs) Gaiusa? Good, good. I'll still have a coffee once in a while, but the the Gaiusa has been good to me. Very, very good to me. I Put moon sand into the uh, into the show notes. Oh, you know what? I got a new tumbler for you. Mm-hmm. I felt like I had a bunch of tumblers. Um, this is a very very silly one. You can see it in notes. It's called Love Boat Insanity, and it's it's such a dumb idea. Well, but for boat some reason, insanity. Yeah, you
0: see it in notes. Good looking right
1: now. Do so you remember the Love Boat when you were a kid? Of course. Ta-da-da, soon will be making, and they show all the the guest stars at the beginning, mm-hmm. and it's just. Like title cards for fake guests on the love boat. <laughs> I'm looking at God. And I don't I don't know why it's funny to me. This is good. Noel Coward, Lane Price, Chuck What Barry.
0: Fun idea.
1: See? See, this is like cutting sand, I'm telling you, man.
0: There's something about the love boat and Gilligan's Island and those shows at that time that they, they just I uh, is that fair? Chow, that's him. Him on uh, on Lost, sitting Who's in that? the chair with the white coat. Let me see here, the third guy from the left. Hmm. He's in mm-hmm. Lost. That's him in. Uh,
1: oh right, in the he's Hydra. the uh, Dharma guy. Yeah, Dharma. Uh, right, that's where I know <laughs> him from. <laughs> I know some others,
0: but I guess uh, I don't. So weird. Hmm. You got anything else for today? Nah, I mean, that's it. Yeah, winded. Uh, I mean, do you need to lay down? I might need to lay down. I'll probably just have a little more tea. My iPhone 7 Plus shows up tomorrow. <sighs> wow, that's exciting. Yeah. Are you looking forward? Yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, my mom, I was talking to texting with her, and she said, what made you decide to get one? I said, my vision. And she said, I know exactly what you mean. So we'll I've been see. experimenting.
1: I've been experimenting with uh juking up the sizes. <laughs> I think I told you like in the morning I look at it, it you you still have the uh, night shift on and I got the screen dimmed and I'm like, what, "What is happening with yeah, this? Yeah. What is this salad bar of letters on my screen?" <laughs> yeah, that, nothing is nothing is clear. Well, do you feel like we've um uh acquitted ourselves of oh, the yeah. Apple discussion? Oh, you feel okay yeah. about
0: that? No, totally. We kid because we love. Yeah, I don't think anybody at this point can hold us in at fault for anything.
1: No, I totally agree.
0: <laughs> We're in the clear now.
1: Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I can put this. In, well,
0: before we Sorry. run it up, no, I, I want to
1: edit, edit
0: there. edit. Oh, look, us show on air. Um, no. it, is it family dinner? Is that the name of the Saturday night live skit? Uh, no, no, no. This is the, I drive a Dodge Stratus one. I will do my best. I will endeavor to find it's the episode. It's probably with, with her. on Hulu. Yeah. Juliana. I'm gonna put, you know what? I'm going to put this this uh-huh. I drive a Dodge Stratus episode in there anyway because it's hilarious and Will Ferrell's awesome. What's the uh, one where he comes downstairs at night and he's just wearing his underwear and his like kids are having a party there or coming back from a date or something and he's like he's sitting there talking to him and he's in his underwear and it's really awkward.
1: Oh, that sounds like Will Ferrell. He's yeah. done a lot of good underwear. Yeah, it's anymore. him. It's him my favorite weird SNL sketch, which can be hard to find because I don't think Hulu puts it up. Do you ever see that really weird one? I think it's called bad gynecologist or bad doc, <laughs> bad doctor. It's called bad doctor. I have not. It's, it's one of those, like, it feels like it probably was on as the very last sketch, like as a, like a, like a fill in or something like, okay, let's do this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Will Ferrell's a doctor and then a couple comes in and they're trying to have a, they're, you know, they got a baby and it's just utterly surreal, Beverly. Beverly Palomino's. They're beautiful. It's just it's one of those things where you're just like, where did this come from? It's just it's so bizarre. He calls in a specialist, and Tim Meadows comes in, and he says, "Well, I don't know how to answer your question, but I can do the robot." And he goes mm, 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 and does the robot. It's funnier <laughs> when you watch it than when I describe. <laughs> right. <it. laughs> SNL Bad Doctor. All right. Dan and Merlin, search the internet. Hey, you can go on NBC.com. Probably watch an ad. Dr. Beeman. Try Look for SNL, bad doctor.
0: Bad doctor. Dr. Beeman. Oh, I think I may have found it.
1: Will Ferrell in a lab coat?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Put it in. All right. I'll I'll try (laughs) to. Okay. If it lets me. If it lets me. Yeah. All
1: right. Well, um, let's button this up.
0: All right. Okay. I love you. Love you too, Merlin, man.